Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. We all know that summer can be a very dangerous time for children in particular when it comes to swimming. South Florida is filled with creeks and lakes and pools and water everywhere, and accidents can happen in a split second. So once again this year, Pediatric Associates is not holding an event for Splash Your Way to Water Safety, but certainly making it a point to inform you of what you need to be aware of to keep your children safe. And I'm so happy to welcome Suzette Howell with Pediatric Associates. Suzette, tell me about what you do with Pediatric Associates and your involvement with Splash Your Way to Water Safety. Yes, Ellen, thank you. I am the marketing and events manager at Pediatric Associates, and I have been instrumental in coordinating the previous Splash Your Way to Water Safety events that we have had uh, pre-COVID in person. And now here we are at the fourth annual doing it a little bit different with just virtual information, but still uh, recognizing the importance of swim safety and drowning prevention. What kind of statistics are we looking at that puts kids in danger? Well, as you know, that kids under four are at the greatest risk of drowning. And Broward County is, uh, I hate to say it, but almost the drowning capital in Florida. So uh, we want to make sure that all our listeners are well informed about how to make sure that they keep their kids safe during this summertime and uh, throughout the year. Now, as you mentioned, in past years, you've had a huge event at TY Park. We had thousands of people come out where they had stations set up and there were lifeguards and experts and officers teaching people about swim safety. But obviously, because of COVID, we can't have the in-person event again this year. I'm hoping by next year we'll be able to. So I was hoping you could share some of the safety tips that people need to be aware of when it comes to anything with children and water. Yes. Uh, The main tip and the first tip uh, that we like to emphasize is supervision. Supervision is by far the fundamental tip of keeping kids safe. They need to be watched while they're in the water. So there should always be a designated water watcher to make sure that the kids are safe. And, you know, if there's anything, somebody is there right away to get them to safety. And of course, we want to make sure that at the appropriate age, as soon as possible, they learn how to swim so that they could uh, learn basic water safety techniques to be able to get themselves safely to the shore or to the edge of the pool. Is it true that it's okay to give swim lessons to children as young as one year old? Yes. 
it is, and a lot of swim instructors will agree because they just get comfortable in the water. And that is something that you want to make sure that they're able to float and learn to be comfortable in the water. Of course, they will not be able to do strokes and, uh, you know, fully swim, but it it is never too early. And uh, that is a good age. Uh, Some people do it as early as six months, just to have them in the water and learning just basic techniques. How does someone know? I mean, it's like it can happen so fast. So let's say you've got a family, they're just having a little backyard barbecue, kids are in the pool, and there are adults around, you turn away for one second, and a child could go underwater and not be able to get up. So what should you watch for to know that there is an emergency happening? Well, as I said before, they should be a designated water watcher. And a designated water watcher means that the person, they know that they are the ones that are responsible. They should not be on their phones, uh, having side conversations. They should truly be watching the kids in the water to make sure that everybody is safe. Drowning is silent, uh, unlike on the TV where you see, you know, flailing and screaming. So you have to make sure that you are carefully watching the kids, making sure that they are not doing anything dangerous and just really making sure that if you are going to have to step away or you are going to be distracted, that you tag another person to go ahead and take over for you. Or if everybody wants to have a good time, it might be a good idea to hire, you know, a lifeguard or somebody professional to go ahead and watch the kids in the pool at the party. If, worst case scenario, you see that a child is in distress, what should you do? What are the first steps to take? Immediately call 911 and take the child out of of the water and try to administer CPR. And of course, once you call 911, they can guide you with rescue instructions. But immediately, if if a child is missing, check the water first. And if you see that a child is in danger, call 911 and immediately try to remove the child from the water if that is possible. I can't even imagine how terrifying that must be for a parent. I've often put myself mentally in situations of emergency, and I have this fear that I'll freeze if something really happens. So, um, any uh, Adrenaline is a hell of a thing, and a lot of times you think that that might be your response, but, you know, it's fight or flight, and uh, you figure out a way, and, you know, just remember, call 911, and uh, from there... Try to render aid until rescue arrives and learn CPR. Yeah. Learn CPR uh, so that that is something that, you know, you will be able to perform when and if, hopefully not, that situation presents itself. But number one is to learn CPR so that you can render assistance. Does Pediatric Associates work with uh, the American Heart Association or any of these other organizations that teach CPR? Uh, Can you recommend to your clients or to the general public where to go for CPR lessons? At this time, uh, since we're in the pandemic, pre-COVID, we would have uh, basic CPR in our offices, but uh, due to the pandemic, we are not offering classes in the office. So I would recommend to the listeners to go ahead and contact the American Red Cross, and I'm sure that they have several resources that they could recommend to the listeners in order to 
get this very important skill uh, that they need in case of an emergency. And what about having certain tools handy in the event of an emergency? You know, something to throw out into the water to help someone grab onto so you can pull them in. Are there things like that that are standard that you can just pick up at a sports store? Usually at the side of a pool, you should have a pool hook or a life ring that you could throw out that uh, somebody could grab onto if they're in danger. If not, you know, simple things like a pool noodle or a towel or something that you could throw out. The one thing that we do recommend that you don't do is to go into the water because sometimes, you know, there is a double mishap of other people that are not strong swimmers. So the term that we use is reach, throw, don't go. So you reach in with a pool noodle or a life preserver hook or a ring or a towel or something that you could throw out to help pull the person back to safety. But if you are not a strong swimmer, we recommend that you don't go in as well because then it could be, you know, double tragedy. Okay. And, you know, I'm sure there are some differences between having an incident in a pool versus being out in a lake or the ocean. And what I keep thinking about was Naya Rivera, the actress from Glee, who was out on a lake, on a boat with her son. And apparently there were very strong undercurrents and she managed to get her son on the boat to safety, but she drowned trying to save him. And, you know, there was no issue with alcohol. She hadn't been drinking. She just got caught up in an incredibly dangerous situation she wasn't able to get out of. I guess that's where, you know, no matter where you are, when you say reach, throw, don't go, that is the relevant mantra. And something that is always a good practice in additional layer of safety when out on a boat or watercraft it is always a good idea to wear a life vest because no matter how strong of a swimmer you are, incidents can happen and it's another layer of protection. If you have a proper fitting life vest that could, you know, aid you in case you run into a situation such as these. You know, we have a whole page on our website at easy93.com dedicated to splash your way to swim safety with pediatric associates and also community care plan is participating this year. And there are some interesting guidelines that you also provide reminding us about the issue of sunscreen. Aside from the swim factor, there are dangers that can happen just from spending too much time outdoors in the heat. Sunscreen is one of the things you mentioned. You also mentioned drinking a lot of water. Why is that so important? Of course, staying hydrated. You are outside in uh, the heat and the elements, and uh, sometimes you don't realize that you are dehydrated until you are extremely thirsty. And if you are outside before you feel thirsty, you should be drinking water at regular intervals to make sure that you stay hydrated so that you you will not feel ill while out in the, the Florida heat. So drinking a lot of water, not alcohol, but water is always a good idea while outside in the Florida heat. 
Okay. Um, You guys have put together some fabulous, very brief videos that we do have on our website also that go over a lot of this information. You know, what you've talked about, the supervision, knowing CPR, reach, throw, don't go, boat safety, uh, swim lessons. And literally, it won't take more than a couple of minutes of anyone's time to watch these and get it locked into your brain that these are the things you need to know to live in South Florida and be safe during swim season and really all year round. The water is there and, you know, we're fortunate to normally have weather where you can swim just about any time of year. And these are really beautifully done. So I do advise people to go there. You know, I think one of the most important things is the reason Pediatric Associates does this. You know, you do multiple events each year all about safety for children. And this seems to be just part of your uh, involvement in the community. Tell me about Pediatric Associates and their desire to really work with and help people, patients or not. Of course. Uh, At Pediatric Associates, we care for our patients not only in the office, but outside of the office. And their safety is our utmost priority. And we want to make sure that we provide all of the resources to keep our uh, patients and their families safe. And swim safety is just one of the many aspects of information and resources that we want to provide for our patients, along with, of course, you've mentioned some of our other events that we have had, such as bike safety, that we want to bring this information to the community to make sure that the kids in our community remain safe or parents have the information and the tips that will help to make sure that they have all of the relevant information to keep their kids safe throughout the year. If someone wants to contact Pediatric Associates, if they're interested in bringing their child in or just speaking to a doctor, what's the best way to reach you? They can check out our website at www.pediatricassociates.com or they can call us at 855-KIDS-DOC. K-I-D-Z-D-O-C. Okay. Any final words for the audience? We just want to say thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to provide these great uh, safety information to the listeners and the community as a whole. And, you know, stay safe this summer and continue to get your kids learning how to swim and being safe around water. And thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Suzette Howell, Marketing and Events Manager for Pediatric Associates. I have to compliment you on being able to adjust to what's happening with the pandemic, even though we have a lot of people vaccinated now, not enough for you to do an in-person event. And I know how committed you are to making sure that our community is safe. So taking it this way, where it's virtual and you can do things online and learn the same lessons is a great pivot that you've made. And I thank you for doing that. And I'm looking forward to next year. God willing, we'll be in person. In person. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Ellen. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Ellen. As we are now just over two weeks away from National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness, it is a delight to welcome back one of our most informed guests from the Miami Cancer Institute, part of Baptist Health South Florida, breast oncologist Dr. Lauren Carcass. It's good to speak with you again. Thank you so much for having me back. 
It's been a while. We spoke during kind of at the height of the pandemic. And I will never forget this statistic that you told me that there was an 80% drop in mammograms because people were afraid to go to the doctor. Understandably so. And, you know, we throw out numbers, but can you describe in real terms, in people terms, what that can mean for someone with breast cancer skipping a year? So I've seen it. I've seen it in my practice. I can tell you that obviously a lot of people were afraid to go in for their mammograms for fear of the virus or being exposed. And this was all prior to vaccination. So there was definitely a lot of fear and lack of understanding. But because of that and the lack of screening, diagnosis of breast cancer, instead of it being caught at an early stage, I have many patients who have had tumors that have been growing and now involve the lymph nodes, which has a different implication for treatment, has a different implication for survival and long-term risk of disease recurrence. So I'm definitely seeing later stages of disease come in Mm. now that we are at this different stage of the pandemic. And it is sad. What is the difference in survival rates? You know, we we were afraid to go because we were concerned about a virus. But at the same time, your risk of death from breast cancer or any kind of cancer, if you haven't been checked, is that much higher by waiting? Exactly. So we know that the five-year relative survival rates for all stages, that means stages zero through stage four of breast cancer is 90%, meaning all women, all stages combined, about 90% will be alive in five years. But if it's early stage, meaning that it's in the breast alone, it's really like 98, 99% of those women will be alive in five years. So it really is a huge difference. Huge difference. And if it's in the lymph nodes, that drops from about 98, 99 to like 85%. So Mm. significant drop there. And then if it has spread into stage four disease, which I have definitely had a higher proportion of what we call de novo metastatic, meaning at their first diagnosis of breast cancer, they already have stage four disease. That has increased significantly. And sadly, that statistic is between 25 to 30 percent of those patients would be alive at five years by traditional statistics. This is so interesting because it's almost been an equalizing effect because of the pandemic, where there are people who don't normally have access to mammograms and healthcare for any number of reasons. Uh, It's not in their neighborhood. They don't have insurance. They don't have transportation. And the pandemic put people who normally would have access into a situation where they were not going. So it kind of gives those who normally do have access an idea of what it's like to be someone who doesn't. Does that make any sense? I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, We know that there are populations of this country and different neighborhoods and different demographics that have lesser access to care. And typically we see that those women, when we're talking about breast cancer in general, those women do worse. We know that non-Hispanic Black women have higher death rates than non-Hispanic white women and different death rates than Hispanic women. And that's really due to multiple different things. Number one, it's access to care. Number two, it's the biology of their disease. For some reason, we know that more aggressive breast cancers are more common in Black women than they are in white women. So we know that there is a difference. And then we also know that the culture, the culture is different. Families don't always talk about cancer. 
There are some cultures that don't even mention the word cancer because it is taboo or there's fear that maybe they've caused it themselves or maybe there's fear or embarrassment around the diagnosis and the treatment itself. There's so many different pieces that go into it. But I recently had a patient who was originally noticed a tumor in her breast in March of 2020 and has bounced in and out of different hospitals. But now that tumor is actually eroding through the skin Mm. and coming through the skin. And she just didn't have the appropriate access to care and couldn't afford the care. Well, I know Baptist Health, you go out of your way every year to make mammograms available to women. And what was an initiative that you had in May, you've now extended through June 30th, where you have discounts on mammograms. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So there is a promotion ongoing right now for a $50 screening mammogram. So a screening mammogram is an annual exam indicated for women who are 40 or older with nothing abnormal on their breasts. They don't feel any masses. They don't have any skin changes, nothing like that. It does require a prescription from a physician. And then there's also the opportunity to get a diagnostic mammogram for $100 flat rate. And that's when you actually feel something in your breast. And that's when you want a little bit more evaluation, a little bit more views of the breast to ensure that it's not something of concern. If a patient is needing a referral to do so, they can call the phone number to receive a prescription. It is 786-596-2464 to get a prescription, and they will connect you with a physician that will provide them with a prescription, and they can take advantage of this offer through June 30th. Do they have to have insurance, or can they get the referral regardless? They can get the referral regardless, and that is the flat rate with or without insurance. Okay. I mean, that makes a big difference. You've just opened the doors for who knows how many thousands of women to get a screening mammogram or for $100, a diagnostic mammogram. And this is another reason that you always partner with the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative for National Pink Day for Breast Cancer Awareness, June 23rd. They're bringing out two mobile mammogram vans where they will be doing screenings on site at Fresco Imas in the Westland Commons in Hialeah. And on June 23rd only, these screenings are free, completely 100% free. Um, That's a different number that I'll give to you separately in a few minutes. And we're really turning this into a fun day with the concept of mask up and get your mammogram, where they're bringing out pink masks and all kinds of decorations. So you can decorate the pink mask and then take pictures and upload them to social media because we want to get the word out to as many people as possible about the importance of getting that screening mammogram, not just whenever you kind of remember, not when someone says you got to do it, but every single year. And you said from the time you turn 40. From the time you turn 40, or if you are high risk, 10 years prior to the youngest age in the family. So if somebody in the family was diagnosed at 45, then that person should start at age 35. When someone has been through treatment with you and now they come out the other end and they're clear you know things are looking good you've done whatever kind of treatment whether it was chemotherapy radiation surgery what's the story like on the other end of things what is their life like going forward 
So it's highly dependent on the type of cancer. Um, I like to explain to patients that no two cancers are the same. And even if the cancer looks the same under the microscope, it's not in the same body. So we know that everybody reacts a little bit different. Some treatments are different for different patients. Some patients might be taking a pill for five to 10 years, but otherwise we follow them on a routine surveillance. That's what we call it. And it's in the survivorship period that they have survived their diagnosis. And now we're following them to make sure that their risk factors are minimized to maximally reduce that risk of disease recurrence. And how often do they then have to come in and get those mammograms? Is it still once a year? They come in more often? So it really depends. Sometimes after surgery, women will get mammograms with ultrasounds every six months until we are very clear with how their new breast architecture will look after a surgery that interrupted their normal breast architecture. Um, Sometimes it can just be annually. It's very dependent on what we see on that imaging study. Okay. But at least annually is the recommendation. And what can we all do to get the message out to these populations where when you say that it's not spoken about in the culture or the woman may be blamed for having cancer, you know, they they think it's her own fault. How do we set or give people facts and say, you know, it can happen to anyone. It can happen to anyone at any time. Uh, And that it's not your fault. You didn't bring it on yourself and free them up to feel comfortable talking about it and getting those mammograms. Well, I think that it's very helpful that people talk about it, period. I find in general, the younger generations are far more open to discussion about a cancer diagnosis and making sure that their loved ones are educated about the fact that maybe they have been affected because so much of this can actually be genetic. One of the largest risk factors for breast cancer is family history. So even if a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, the best thing that she can do for her loved ones is to share that diagnosis so that we can better understand the risk to those family members. So it's really to remove the taboo. This is nothing that you caused. Breast cancer is not that way. The risk factors are based off of family history, They're based off of when women start their periods, when they go through menopause. There are so many unmodifiable risk factors that impact the development of cancer that a woman should never feel like they have to take blame. But they can potentially impact the lives of their loved ones and of their friends if they just share that diagnosis. I call it the popcorn effect that if one woman's been diagnosed and she shares Oh, if you get your mammogram, you can catch it early and you might not have to do what I have to do. It's like a popcorn and then all of her friends get tested and then their friends get tested. So it just keeps growing further and further out and it really will pick up women at an earlier stage and can definitely impact and save their lives. Okay, well, we're out to save lives. You at Baptist Health and Miami Cancer Institute. Again, if you need a referral for one of these reduced price mammograms through June 30th, you can call and a doctor will give you that referral. You don't have to have insurance. The number is 786 596 2464. And of course, you can always go to baptisthealth.net to learn more about everything that's offered there. 
And in just a minute, I'll go into a little more detail about what's happening on June 23rd, National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness. But I thank you, Dr. Lauren Carcass. You're always here for us when we need you. And I so appreciate what you bring to our community in helping women survive cancer. Thank you. And thank you for having me. So a little more about National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness. As I mentioned earlier, this is the one day of the year you can get a completely free screening mammogram. We will have the vans on site from 8 a.m. to 3.30 in the afternoon at Fresco Mas in Hialeah. It's in the Westland Commons. You do need to make a reservation in advance. There are a limited number of spots, so we want to be able to get in as many as possible. The phone number for an appointment is 305-825-4081. 305-825-4081. That's the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. And they'll ask you a few questions, get you set up, and then we'll see you on June 23rd with the mobile mammogram van at Fresco Imas. On top of that, to make it a celebration of you taking care of yourself, we have some enticing gifts for you, including gift cards from Macy's for everyone who gets a mammogram. We will also be doing screenings for hypertension, glucose, and cholesterol screenings. Anyone who does that will be eligible to win a Macy's fragrance basket. And if you do both, you are going to be eligible to win a $100 gift card for Fresco Imas. So we're taking a serious situation and turning it into something fun, enlightening, and most of all, giving access to those who do not normally have access to their mammograms. And for anyone who, during the pandemic, was uncomfortable I assure you that everything will be sterile and COVID clean, so you don't have to worry about that at all. But I do urge you to make your appointment, 305-825-4081. Take this opportunity while you can. Join us June 23rd, National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness at Fresco Imas, along with the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. And you can also find more information about this on our events listing at easy931miami.com. I'm Ellen Jaffe. Thank you for listening to Easy's Community Focus today, sponsored by Heme On Call and hematologist-oncologist Dr. Stephen Fine. In the next couple of weeks, we'll continue to talk about disparities in access to health care, and we'll also talk to Dr. Fine himself about what he's doing with Heme On Call and making hematology services available to those who normally don't have access. During the year 2020, I started a telemedicine-based hematology practice aimed at helping patients who have no access to hematologists. We address the problems of iron deficiency, other blood disorders, including clotting and bleeding and abnormal blood counts. We solve problems that are otherwise challenging to find the solution to because Hematologists are a little harder to find and sometimes uh, not as easy to get an appointment with a hematologist as you need. Very much looking forward to the conversation with Dr. Stephen Fine of Heme On Call. That's H-E-M-E OnCall.com. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, please email me at ellen at easy93.com and join me again next Sunday at 6.50 for a new edition of Easy's Community Focus. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.